1: Visit sprout.ph slash monthly 5 k If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode.
0: The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. Use AWS now to lower your business costs, become more agile, and for faster innovation. Apply now to get $1,000 free credits at hustleshare.com slash aws. Also buy Tag Cash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com slash tag cash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And Calibre. It's the easiest most convenient way to get hired. Caliber Taylor fits the perfect job for you based on your unique skills. Hire the best people for your company at www.caliber.com and use the promo code hustleshare. Caliber, where jobs find you.
1: Welcome to the 6th edition of the HustleShare Playbook. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this playbook is powered by AWS the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. We are a proud affiliate of the podcast network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safe for work language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. And today we invited over a veteran of using the remote work setup. And his name is Gabby Dizon of Altitude Games, who's gonna teach us how to efficiently run your startup remotely. And this playbook is very timely because a lot of us are struggling on how to properly adjust into the remote work setup. And Gabby's going to walk us through how exactly you can make it work using a formula that is mastered over the years, which basically revolves around three components, which is people, process, and tools. And for each component, he's going to break down how exactly things should work so that you can also apply it for your own startup. So don't forget to take notes in this jam-packed episode filled with a lot of learnings. So if you're ready to learn how to efficiently run your startup remotely, let's begin this playbook right now. Welcome to the latest playbook of the Hustle Share podcast. We are with someone who's been who's figured out what we've been trying to do for weeks now uh, as remote workers in the startup industry, and we have just like I said in the intro, um, a, a veteran startup founder. I've, I've known this guy for a while through you know through Nick Sneledo and whatnot. So, welcome to the show, Gabby Dizon of Altitude Games. Thank you, Ron. Thanks for having me. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you still have, the crowd is still here, by the, though they're just a little late. But okay, so Gabby, how are you doing? I mean, we're all in the same boat. It's a domino effect. We didn't realize yeah. it was going to be this bad, right? But right. Um, how are you guys doing in Altitude? So,
2: um, not too badly. And there are... Uh two reasons for that one is that while everyone is quarantined from home there's mm-hmm. only a number of things that you can do and a video game usage is actually at an all-time high oh,
1: so yeah.
2: uh, so some of the clients we're working with they actually haven't scaled back or cancelled projects we're actually looking at increasing the the work that wow. we're going to be doing in the next couple of months because it's expected that a lot more people will be stuck at home playing games Correct. Um. Second is that uh, ever since we started Altitude Games from day one in 2014, we've actually been working from a remote work model. We still ah, have a small yeah. office in Makati that we mm-hmm. use for meetings, brainstorming, mm-hmm. ideation, one-on-ones. But actually, almost all of our operations is done remote, and it's something that I've had over 10 years of experience wow. at doing. So now, um, now that everyone is forced to adopt work from home and remote work models. Mm -hmm. My current passion to also try and spread what we know so Mm -hmm. that we can help those people who are forced to adjust to remote work without any guidelines or without any prior experience.
1: That's exactly why we're here today. And again, if you he's already said it, the playbook we have today is how to run your startup remotely in the best and most (laughs) optimum form. Correct, Gabby? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. All right. So you you said you've been doing this for almost uh, for a while now. I, I, but before we start on how to do it properly, why did you choose to do the remote setup when most startups by default would want to be in an office and whatnot? There's there's pros and cons, but what? Why did you do it uh, as a remote setup?
2: Um, I've had some I don't know, some early say uh, influences on this. Uh, part of it is. Uh, the base cap guys uh, when they were known as yep. 37 signals mm-hmm. so i used Basecamp very early on since 2005 and they've been one of the very early champions of the remote work model yeah. and uh it, it always meant made sense to me even then that mm-hmm. the technology was catching up so that you actually do not need to uh, to do everything face to face if you had a good uh process communication model and tools but of course, everyone is used to a certain way of doing things, and uh, I've always thought that remote work was always has always been here, except mm-hmm. that people weren't used to it, or people had no real uh, had no real incentive to try and figure it out because mm-hmm. things were okay, things were working. Out. You could see what everyone was doing in the office. Mm-hmm. My passion for this grew when you know the traffic in Metro Manila is ah. really starting to get worse. And uh, so yeah, so people would, people would join our company, and I would save them from two hours one way from home to Makati, two to three hours going from Makati to back. So when people are able to switch to remote work from a four to five daily grind of just mm-hmm. commute, they're never going back.
1: Absolutely, so- and I remember bumping into you into this in in one a couple years ago in Coffee Bean. Mm-hmm. Uh in, in BGC. It's like, yes. that's uh-huh. jabby. And that's that's probably why now, it makes more sense now that, hey, or you can be in a coffee shop somewhere, it's a, a remote. When you say remote, doesn't have to really be at home, right? I mean, you can be... Yeah, definitely. Anywhere. But again, oh. all of us are <laughs> stuck pretty much yeah. at home. So it's either you're in the kitchen, you're in the living room, you're in the CR, it's up to you. But that's still remote, <laughs> technically.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. So, uh you could be working from the beach, you could be working from a coffee shop, you can be working from your friend's house. Right now it just happens that we're all stuck at home. But remote is a great way to unlock productivity while people are not physically in the office. So it's not uh it's not limited to working from home.
1: Absolutely. Okay, now let's get to the meat of this. Because again, it's it's been there for a while. But a lot of people mm-hmm. still don't do this because you know people like to, to, to like to clock in and whatnot. So let's go yeah. to the meat of this. Gabby, how does one? What are the things you should prepare for properly in order okay. before you even get started from executing it? What are the things you need to to have in place before you execute a remote uh, uh, working setup?
2: Okay. Uh, so before I get into that. I just want to say that I actually run a right now I'm running a remote webinar called Remote Ready so wow. it's like one it's like one hour how to and how to do this I'm cool. going to give the condensed version mm-hmm. uh, in this podcast so that people have some really good takeaways I okay. think uh, towards the end of uh, this week or in the next couple of weeks I'll be doing some of these webinars for free, so that uh, people can have a how to. And how do okay, they do so, that?
1: If if they're interested, just let's plug it now. So before we get so, carried away.
2: Um I'll, I'll be posting a Google Meet link on my uh, Facebook page, okay. just saying what the times are for the you know, for the webinar. I had three last week. I haven't scheduled yet for this week because wow, I'm getting guests. Three. Yeah, it's wow. uh, no, it's actually a little bit tiring. <laughs> but it was <laughs> yeah. good. It was good.
1: Yeah. Correct.
2: I was able to connect to uh, a lot of founders as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, some of them were you know, struggling or started without any guidance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think the framework is really important so that people can get into this and actually be productive. Because my, my personal belief is that if we're able to keep the economy running in our own little way while everyone is working from home, then it contributes more to the country. So being able to work productively at home, still make money, pay your employees, it's part of keeping the nation together while everyone is
1: forced to be
2: in quarantine.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so let's let's start this baby up. What what do you uh-huh. need to start when, when you're talking about frameworks and whatnot, right? What do you need okay. to begin with? What's, what's step one? Okay, so
2: um, I think of it this way now. There are three things that you need to look at. First is your people. Uh, second is your process. Third is your tools. So in that order, so you have to start with the people. And what do I mean when you start with the people? What is the backbone that uh, that keeps everyone together when you're in the same company? It's your company culture. Now, a lot of startups, they don't really proactively or explicitly state what their company culture is, especially if you're still a small company. Usually, culture is what happens that comes from the, the values and individual actions of the founder of the company and then the people who are the co-founders early executives employees they just pick it up as they go along while while observing how the founder does things okay. so you know most companies I think they're really you know, a reflection of the personal values of the founders be you know from apple to your company to mine at altitude games yep. and you know, if you're if you're making your own company of course you you want to make a company and how you think things should be run, right? Right. So it's kind of easy to do that when you're a small startup, five to ten people working in the same room. Right. It's a lot harder to do that when you're working remotely because it's harder for people to observe what's on the founder's mind and how they, uh, what's their decision-making process and things.
1: So yeah, the intangibles that. that you know that the yeah. you usually see, like oh, the body language, how does he carry exactly. himself, confidence. Yeah. That's that's what's missing, right? Yeah.
2: So we try to make those intangibles very tangible by uh, uh by being very explicit about the mission and the values of the company. So usually you don't think about a mission statement or values until you're a bigger company and mm-hmm. things are starting to grow. But if you're doing remote work, it's actually worth it to start with this very early. Now, by mission statement, I don't mean you know something that is very finely crafted that you can hang on a wall right. and explain to journalists. It, mm-hmm. It's simply what is the reason that this company exists apart from just showing up every day to get paid. Got it. So, yeah, every, every company has the reason why they exist. For us, for example, at Altitude Games, we want to make games that ev- everyone can enjoy no matter where they are, regardless of their race and gender. So we make casual games. That's we don't right. make the latest shooters. We don't make hardcore PS4 games. Mm-hmm. We make games for mobile games. Uh, we have blockchain-enabled games that anyone with a mobile uh, mobile device can enjoy. So that's part mm-hmm. of the reason. That's one of the main reasons why we exist. Um, Got it. And then uh, apart from the mission, we have values. What are the things that are very important to us? Okay. So um, each company will have different values that are important to them.
1: Are these the um, non-negotiables
2: so that we're talking, that they usually do? Yes. Yeah, so a- okay. You have to think about basically going to the principles of what are the things that uh, I really will not bend on so that mm-hmm. when, when decisions come your way, Ah, uh, you can filter it via the by your values and say, okay, this is a quick yes or it's a hard no. It. Then it's very easy to decide. Mm-hmm. So, for like example, ten commandments
1: we, per se, like okay, yeah, better. yeah, yeah. Okay, got it.
2: Yeah. So you know, some some companies may say work before everything. Some companies may say we value that people have personal lives outside of work. There are there may be companies that, for example, if you're an outdoor company. Uh, we want people to enjoy the outdoors, right? Mm-hmm. so this really depends on the type of company you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were probably somewhere between five five to seven values that matter to you most, so you you need to take the time to list it down and This is something we did uh, a couple of years ago as uh it's one of our exercises, and it 's something we shared with all of the employees and it 's been very helpful because uh you yeah, as a remote company. It's, it's Sometimes it's hard to feel connected to around the greater entity that you're with. True. So we, we try to define for everybody, this is what we're about. This is the mission. This is the values. These are, these are the things that are important to us. So we actually yeah, create this in a PDF document. Everyone has access to them. Who gets so, to decide though?
1: I mean, is it just you or your co-founders? Or is it a, a more democratic process where everybody gets to chime in?
2: So we did this with uh, basically the co-founders in the executive team, Got it. So the leadership team that determines this. So you're, if you're a larger company, you can include your senior managers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, we do have an executive team. We're around eight people in the, in the executive wow. team. And we did that
1: exercise to, you know, to figure out what really was our mission and values. Got it. Now, did you have any inspiration when you... I mean, just at, at the end of the day, we can always say like, "Oh, okay, we value speed, we value the integrity." I mean, that's that's a high level yeah. kind of stuff. But you know, yeah. for, for you guys, did you have like any? You said you you mentioned Basecamp was a good inspiration for uh-huh. this. Yeah. Did you have any prior inspiration or copied something that you like from another company? Because I I do a lot. Like gosh, I, the way I run Chatbot right now and mm-hmm. Podcast Network Asia. It's basically a congregation of stuff that I copied from a lot of uh, startup founders that inspired me. Yeah, yeah, we we did that. We looked around at uh, both startups and game companies.
2: So for example, uh, Supercell is very famous for having uh, autonomous teams that decide whether they push through or kill a product. Mm. Uh, We're not quite as autonomous, but we like to give our individual teams a lot of decision-making power and agency with uh, with how they run their own team. So they're, and they're semi-autonomous where I think our teams are not experienced as the ones, uh, for example, running Supercell. But yeah, we try to push down the decision-making so that the people who are creating the games themselves are not just being told what to do. They're actively shaping the direction of each game. So those are uh, some of the things that are very important to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we push down a lot of the accountability so uh, accountability is one of the most important things, especially when you're running a remote team. Because when you have accountability, that's when you can give freedom of you know uh, of location where you can work. And once you have the systems to support that accountability, then mm-hmm. you're able to do remote work at a high level.
1: Awesome. Okay. Now before we take our first break, you you again within the spectrum of people. What else should they prepare for? Okay, so you the high, uh, the the mission, vision, you know, the non-negotiables yeah. that you have. What else should we get down pat uh, in terms of of, of of getting people ready? Um, well, I'm gonna talk next about process. So do you want me to talk about that now or? Uh, or we can pro- take our first break. <laughs> <laughs> let's right. Take a break and yeah, then will me- talk about process. Next. That's correct. And then when we come back, let's talk about process and the tools that you can use. But let's yeah. talk about that more after the break.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about... That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck and see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with Gabby Dizon of Altitude Games teaching us how to actually not fuck this up because we are all struggling. I am all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I've had a, a, like a hybrid uh, setup. I, uh, in chatbot bh there was a good year and a half after the acquisition... Where I was semi remote because I had a my initial office was in Alabang. Then after Mm -hmm. we got acquired, uh, half of my team was asked to move to Ortigas, right? And Mm -hmm. most of my devs were from the south. I'm like, I you know how people are from the south, they will never move north, right? Like that's they have a border. (laughs) Alabang is the border. They would never go north than that. So it was very difficult time. So I had to have the the Process in place. And for me, what I use a lot was Slack. Slack was mm-hmm. king for me. Without Slack, I will not be able to do. Now, let's talk about process, right? How, okay. what, what do you suggest? Because again, there's each and every company is unique in terms of processes and whatnot. What's a playbook mm-hmm. you have, Gabby, in how to set the right process to make sure that accountability is executed properly?
2: Okay. So these are the things you need to think of process wise. So you need to have some form of uh, performance management system, which, and by performance management, I mean uh, a way for tracking uh, what people are doing and how they are progressing versus the goals that are set for them. So part of that uh, performance management is is project management. So project management, of course, there are tools. There can be project managers. I think people understand what project management is, but it's simply really being able to track uh, how the different parts o- uh, are going with, uh, with regards to going towards a goal. And the other big one is uh, setting up your uh, your communication loops. Got it. Um, okay. okay. Uh, so, I'll, I'll go with the first one, performance okay. management. So there are, there are two components there. The first component is that for a live product, you need to have KPIs. And KPIs. these KPIs need to be, uh, yes, uh, key performance indicators. Yep. They need to be somewhere in a dashboard that everyone in the team can, can, act, can view and can access because it is your scoreboard. Got it. Uh, imagine if you're playing a basketball game and your employees cannot see the score. Only you, the coach, can see the score. So uh, you're telling your you're telling your uh, players you should do this you should do this we're falling behind but they cannot see the score so the players will not be as motivated because they don't know whether you're winning or losing right so I don't understand why for some uh, companies they actually do not share their relevant KPIs with with their employees so the KPI is very important because it is the basis for your actions whether you know that you are winning or losing
0: yeah. and.
1: It's what tells you what you need to do next, right? So full transparency on KPIs, and again, there's this other, there's a there's a fancy word, you know, there's a the framework that the Googlers use, the OKRs, right? Where, yep. uh, they set they they set their own objective, and each objective there's around three key results that they use, and then yep. that's a public thing that they anybody can view, and if, if the OKR of what say I approach you, Gabby, say like, hey, let's make a let's make a whatever game, and it's not part of your OKR, you can downright reject that because it's not part of your goals, correct? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So um, a KPI usually
2: refers to some uh, metrics towards a live product. Mm. And the OKRs are good in, uh, in setting the internal
1: compass of your teams or individual employees. Correct. Okay. So after KPIs, what else do, do, we, do they uh, need to do? You mentioned another one. Okay. Um, but uh, within those, I don't know, within the performance management, okay. it
2: also means you need to have a good task tracking and project management system. So I'm not sure how many uh, startups uh, have their own uh, like dedicated project manager to oversee their projects. So for us, we have a project manager that oversees two projects. Okay. Um, and we have maybe somewhere between two to four projects going on at the same time. So that's very important because there, it has to be someone's job to zoom out, look at the big picture, and make sure that uh, people are aligned towards a single goal. And uh, usually because you know people are coordinating, you need artists to do this, you need engineers to do that, you need mm-hmm. something from BizDev, for example. It needs to be coordinated. So uh, it, it actually really helps if it's someone's job to oversee this coordination and make sure that people are going towards the same direction
1: so is that gonna be similar to a scrum master in an agile development uh, kind of scenario where there's a product owner there's devs or whatever the the low le- low hanging fruit and then there's a PM in between or the scrum master yeah. who would be uh, that guy yeah yeah the, uh, it's
2: it's roughly equivalent for a, to a scrum master that's correct and yeah yeah uh, it's it's really important that someone is looking at the big picture and basically oversees the flow of traffic and helps direct the people who are uh, working towards the larger goal.
1: How does one Scrum Master execute their job well? I guess, of course, you know, providing the resources, making sure timelines are aligned. How do you make sure that the the Scrum Master or the the you know the project manager is properly executing? Because if they're not on point. They can bring the whole team down.
2: Yeah. So for me, there are two kinds of, I don't know, of project managers or Scrum Masters. The, the lower level one is someone who just looks at uh, basically the progress, the Gantt chart, and then just follow-ups and directs traffic. Okay. So the best project managers I've worked with are the ones that can proactively steer a project and drag it kicking and screaming to the finish line. So the best project managers I've worked with can already see trouble maybe four, five, six weeks ahead and starts realigning resources, priorities, task lists mm-hmm.
0: uh,
2: so that you can avoid the trouble that is coming. So the best project managers actually have some sort of a sixth sense on mm. detecting what what uh, problems occur before they occur.
1: So and that yeah, intuition very, comes in, right?
2: Yeah, it's very hard to find people like that because most right. scrum masters or project managers are really glorified follow-uppers.
1: Yes.
2: That's fine at the most basic level. But once you work with people who are more proactive and and actually shape the success of a project, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, it's a whole different level.
1: Yeah, the foresight really is key because if you can put yourself... And again, I think the biggest tool here is empathy upstream and downstream. So empathy in terms of, okay, what does the dev... What will the dev think like? If if this is the scenario, yeah. and what is the product owner will what are the things that the product owner will want uh, yeah. in the scenario, and if you can predict that ahead of time, and you save a lot of resources and a lot of pain pain uh, pain points.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, okay. and Gabby, la- yeah. last thing about uh, no, a last thing about that is mm-hmm. the commitment to a task or task management or project management system. It's mm-hmm. very hard to have a project manager who doesn't have a really good task management system at hand. So, you know, we can talk about tools later and they may vary. They could be, you know, Asara, Jira, Jira. Mm -hmm. Fellow, Basecamp, whatever. But uh, uh, what comes with a really good project manager or Scrum Master is really the whole team's buy-in and adherence to using a task management system because if you do not have this task tracking, then it's impossible to see the dashboard. Of how things are going Correct, so that's because, that's a big part of it
1: absolutely because imagine a project manager trying to just have her notebook as the only basis yeah <laughs> to exactly, run it and exactly. no, nobody sees it all and you can't assign tasks what the timeline is attached files and whatnot it's gonna be a mess right so, yeah, so i it's guess like a pilot running without controls right exactly without exactly. instruments <laughs> so let's yeah. talk about tools now, right? So in terms of tools, you mentioned project management system. There's a bevy of them out there. And again, I've seen a lot of Uh weirdos also fight which one is better. I think it's just a matter of what your needs are, right? And depending on what what it is, like, hey, we're a team Trello guy. We're an Asana guy. Like, what are you guys fighting? We're like kids. But what are the tools that, again, except for a tax management system, what else should you have in order to make this set up?
2: Okay, so uh, I separate it into these categories. One is for uh, communication. Mm-hmm. So it could be your primary uh, chat. So it could be Slack, it could be Basecamp or whatever. So communication is very important. Mm-hmm. A second layer is project management. So Trello, Jira, Asana, that's where they go. Yep. Uh, first, a third is uh, file management. So we need all of the working documents in files in the cloud yes. uh, and not on people's uh, just on people's uh, not on local
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly and then uh, and then document collaboration so this right. might be Google Docs Microsoft no and, whatever. and the last one is a repository especially if you're working with software teams GitHub source tree, whatever yeah mm-hmm.
1: so those those are the things that are really needed um, if I may share one thing right so I'm, I'm sure. a Slack guy Right. And mm-hmm. I've I've always ran my teams, regardless. Ever since party file, my first one, there's this one thing that helped me manage everything. For me, it's all about mm-hmm. transparency, right? And if you mm-hmm. want to hold people accountable, you, you need to develop habits for them. One thing that I use is Slack, and there's this chat bot there called mm-hmm. Geekbot. Geekbot basically okay. is a scrum bot. Takes uh, mm-hmm. it. It asks the same questions every day at around 10 a.m. Asks people to scrum, and it asks. Uh, I ask my team, "What are they going to do? Who who do they need help with?" I need. I ask them to tag them, and then I put that in one channel where everybody gets to see it, right? Mm-hmm. And I, all all we do every day is everybody just just goes, like, "All right, I see it. I see it." Everybody knows what we're doing. And at the end of the day, I just ask them, "Okay, out of what you said today, what did you accomplish?" I don't need to micromanage the mm-hmm. team right so that's that's what i what i use and it's free uh that you can use slack and geekbot as well what's your secret sauce gabby i mean aside from what you already told us what else should people know because again it's all fun in games but if, especially imagine if you're a non dev team or a non tech yeah. team and you're being forced to this type of setup and you're absolutely yeah. clueless what the hell is going to do what what are your secret sauce or tips that you can give
2: okay so uh, what's very important for us are two concepts that you must learn. One is your different communication loops, one of which we also use as the, uh, the daily stand up that, that you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, one is communication loops, and second is the different types or speeds of communication. So, uh, let me elaborate. Um, so, the different communication loops are the different cadences where you have to talk to your team about something in the project. So, for example, uh, we have daily stand-ups, like you said. Mm-hmm. So first thing in the morning, some probably 9.30, 10 a.m., each uh, each person in the team does their daily stand-up. They say that they're working on, uh, mm-hmm. if they need somebody, if they have any blockers, so that's recorded so everyone knows what they need to do uh, at the start of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have daily online core hours at 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Friday. So mm-hmm. what core hours means is that you are online and can respond to your teammates. It doesn't necessarily mean you're working 10 to 6, you may be working earlier, you may be working mm-hmm. later. You may be working 10 to 6, but cooking lunch at home, going right. to the dentist. What's important is that these are the core hours where we know that you can talk to you and you right. can respond to your team. All right. We have uh, all hands uh, via Slack every mm-hmm. Monday at 10 a.m. So this is around a 45-minute meeting. Where mm-hmm. each project in the company gets to report on the progress of the project, yeah. and just say what's happening. Where where we report all of the major KPIs mm-hmm. and uh, you know major announcement. And I, as the CEO of the company, mm-hmm. get uh, I, I, I say what our priorities are mm-hmm. for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So we have a one or two weeks sprints depending on the project. So people know that for this one week or for these two weeks these are the tasks that we have to do for the end of the week and then during the daily standup it's reinforced whether how far we are progressing towards mm-hmm. uh, uh, towards completing what we said we would do in the sprint mm-hmm. we have major milestones so milestones are four to six weeks of major chunks of deliverable wow. so it could be for example uh, uh, releasing a new game or doing a new update for a game so so we yeah, so these four to six weeks, we know that we have to deliver this functionality. There's a new boss, new levels, mm-hmm. X new characters, this new artwork, and then we split that up into sprints, Got it. and then from the sprints, it goes into uh, the daily stand-up. So you can see the different components of, of a big project.
1: Right. And your project manager, again, is very transparent. will then be able to see that. Okay, shoot. Dev number one, for example, is struggling with... Yeah with his backend he can't deploy or whatnot and he's getting these bugs on this and can reallocate, hey, guys, can you help this guy out? He's struggling.
2: Exactly. There are always problems that will happen. There are resources that have to be realigned. Someone is late. Someone is sick. Uh, the client asks for new things or users are demanding this. So uh, you can be agile and, uh, and respond while still meeting your major milestone if you have these different communication loops. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Now, Gabby, if, if they do want to reach out to you again, if they want to uh, reach out and, 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 and see um, how they can uh, learn more, you said you're going to do a couple more webinars. I hope you don't run out because it's very exhausting talking about the same shit all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. do they do?
1: Yeah. So uh,
2: people can add me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be announcing my remote ready uh, webinars there. I've actually shared. Uh, some of the slides that we use for the webinar on my facebook profile and then go. there i'll be announcing when uh when we'll be doing uh, more webinars for this and oh, yeah I, I actually during this time that everyone is stuck from home
0: yeah.
2: uh i'd be happy to talk to people and see how i can help them uh, improve yeah. their remote or work from home setup yeah. i'm also partnered with an hr consultancy for the larger firms yeah. that need to do some change management to be able to support remote work or work from home so yeah i'm here to help and you can
1: just contact me all right gabby we have ran out of time so again thank you gabby appreciate it yeah thanks for having me all right but before i let you go again follow us on whatever podcast app that you're listening on don't forget to give us love and we're always going to be here we we have more time to create more content because there's less traffic so follow hustle share on whatever podcast app and if we said any jargon don't worry we will have a show notes. So just go to hustleshare.com to check that out. And if you want to get first steps on who we're going to have on the show, just go to Hustle Share Community on Facebook. And lastly, message us in our Hustleshare chatbot at uh, m.me slash Hustleshare powered by chatbot VH. And again, Gabby, thank you very much. You're welcome. Anytime. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. has to be covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as five thousand pesos. Again, that's just five thousand pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit Sprout.EH Payroll-Starter-Monthly-5K, or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your